Thank you for tuning in to Black Family Table Talk, a voice for black families. We are your hosts, Tony and Tony. Today's episode is brought to you by ABTF Travels. In 2019, Tony and I traveled to the motherland to experience the year of return. We were so moved by the experience that I decided to go back and immerse myself in the culture for 52 days in Ghana. It was the adventure of a lifetime. Now we're hosting a delegation of artists and art enthusiasts for an epic pilgrimage. Please visit blackfamilytabletalk.com on our products page for details. We hope you can join us. Now we hope you enjoy season three and this week's episode of Black Family Table Talk. Hey, everybody. (laughs) I am Tony Simmons Henson, the producing director of the Atlanta Black Theater Festival and the co-founder. And we're so excited about what's going to happen today. And Nikki is the festival manager and anything (laughs) and everything else I need to be. Ah, hey, well, Nikki helps us keep the ground organized when we're on our floor, on the floor with boots on the ground. But we're happy to have you here this morning. We've got a really special treat. I'm going to bring our guest in, Dr. Irvin Dyer, to the stage so we can give him a round of applause. You all know we're not in person. We need your words, your your encouragement. Just go ahead and put your comments in the comments section and show your love for Dr. Dyer. Good morning or good afternoon, everyone. How are you? <laughs> I am so excited to have you. I actually stumbled upon your work, um, just kind of perusing the internet, which is kind of what I do. And when I reached out to you, you were graciously, you so graciously agreed to be a part of the festival this year. So I'd like you, I don't want to give away the workshop. It's called Africana Family Storytelling. And it's, we've got a great audience. We've been having a great week. I don't know if you've had a chance to tune in. We've been having a great time. So expectations are very high. I have to put that out there, no pressure, but you are an expert. You really truly are an expert and you've agreed to show and share your knowledge and expertise. So give us a little bit about how you got to today and then I'm gonna go backstage and uh, I'm gonna watch and enjoy. All right, wonderful. Well, first of all, we're so excited to be here. And we're really excited about the work that you're doing, Tony. I think it's just phenomenal. Uh, How did I get here, right? So from more than 30 years, I've been a writer and reporter. Um, I do some work with the University of Pittsburgh in the Africana Studies Department. And so I really honestly believe in the power of storytelling. Um, In the past year, um, I've come on board at the August Wilson House, which is the community and cultural center we're developing in Pittsburgh to advance the legacy of August Wilson, um, which as you know, is one of America's, one of the world's greatest playwrights. So part of his legacy for us is empowering community, ordinary men and women to share their stories because we believe that their stories matter. And so in the spirit of August Wilson, we put together these Africana family storytelling sessions because we really want to do what you do, inspire community, educate community, right? Encourage community 
to tell their stories because so many of our stories are untold. Our aunts, our uncles, our cousins, our moms and our dads are all heroes and we need to find ways to tell and share their stories. And so that's part of the work that we do. Got it, got it. Well, without further ado, I know everyone is excited because they're here on a Saturday afternoon and with their families. We, I envision people sitting around a big screen TV with their families. And if that's you, give us a shout out and, and rep your city too. And yes. I'm going to turn the mic over to you and you can just go right ahead. Do you, you want to do a Q&A after? Feel free. The 45 minutes is is all yours. If you oh. need me, I'm holla. I'm backstage. OK, oh, wonderful, wonderful. So we'll get started. I'm, I'm living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're doing incredible work here trying to teach the community, particularly the community, the Hill District, which was August Wilson's community, his home community. He was born and raised there. We just want to reach out to that community and beyond and try to um, let so many people know that your story is important and we wanna empower you with the skills and the knowledge to tell your story. I grew up in Virginia. And one of the things that we would do um, in Virginia every Sunday is we would visit my father's mother's house, my grandmother, Susie. We would go to her farm in rural Virginia, um, about 20 minutes outside of Richmond, Virginia. And there I would go play with all of my cousins. But after a while, I would leave my cousins and go to my grandmother's kitchen and sit in her wood frame house in front of her wood burning stove. I must have been like in the first or second grade. And I would sit there for hours and tell my grandmother all of these stories of my life as a first grader and a second grader. And my grandmother, God bless her, would sit there and she'd absorb all these stories. And she really made me feel sort of special and wonderful and that my stories mattered, right? But what I learned from that is I was so young and so immature as a storyteller, the thing that I did not do was to ask my grandmother, what was her story? And so I missed out on that. And so my lesson to you is while your relatives are here, while your elders are here, I want you to be intentional about capturing their stories. My grandmother left before I had a chance to find her stories, for her to share all these wonderful stories with me. Um, and I don't want you to make that same mistake. The other thing that happened for me is I grew up in the 70s. And part of living in the 70s, there were all these incredible shows on television, right? The Waltons, um, The Jeffersons, Good Times, Family Matters, and all these other wonderful sort of family shows. And I would absorb myself for hours just sitting there watching television. So what I took away from that experience, again, being very young and having a lot to learn, what I took away from that was that other people's stories matter, right? But what I quickly began to learn is that my mother, my father, my aunts, my uncles also had special stories. And I needed to find a way to tell their stories, you know? So television shaped me and introduced me to this idea that stories matter. But I always thought other families, other situations, they weren't quite the situations that were part of my family. But then I began to look around and say, hey, my story has, my family has stories too. And how can I begin to tell those stories? So I really wanted to do that. 
The other thing that I learned with storytelling, and I think I think your festival does an excellent job of this, right? So when we tell our own stories and when we are in control of the concepts and the ideas and the histories that are a part of our story, what we can begin to do is fight what many people call sort of narrative bias. When people don't know who you are, when people don't understand your culture, when people don't necessarily appreciate or understand your language, then they are empowered to write about you from the limited perspectives that they may have of who you are, right? And so for instance, one of these phrases as a reporter that I always came across is we tend to classify people as being poor, right? And usually that's looked at, a, at, at this sort of narrow sort of lens of sort of economics, right? But people have many different kinds of strengths, right? There's cultural strengths, um, there's strengths in language, some spiritual strengths, and oftentimes in stories about us, those aspects of being human are left out. And so what we want to do is give you the power, right? Let you know that you are empowered to tell the stories of who you are, who your family is, right? So that you can cut through this sort of narrative bias and show people in a form that makes them more fully human to capture more of their experience because people are not just poor. People bring many strengths and many ideas to the table and operating in community and operating in families and operating in the larger culture. And so we want you to know that you are empowered, right? To be able to do that. And so we think genealogy is important because there's so many missing elements to our family history. Like my grandmother got away and never heard the stories of um, who her mother was, who her grandmother was. So those are stories that she had that I never had the chance to unlock. But with genealogy research, uh, you can begin to unlock so many of those stories. The records are rich. And once you look at the records and um, sort of investigate what's behind the words on the records, you really can begin to picture, begin to build a picture and a story of how people lived, what they were challenged by. Um, and so genealogy research can really be a treasure to help you unlock some of your family stories. The other thing I want you to think about is, is there is no one kind of story. So you can share your family stories through cookbooks. If you are a poet, which August Wilson, when he first began to write, considered himself to be a poet, then you can share your family story through poetry, right? Or you can do a hybrid of those things. If you like poetry and you like cooking, then you can look at your family's life and figure out a way to merge your poetry with um, of how they cook. What did they share? What were family What were family meals like? You can look at significant events in your family history, who was the first person to get a college education, who was the first person to vote. Um, so you can begin to build a story that way. You can build your story chronologically. Grandmother was born in 1860. She got married um, in 1890. So you can start to build your story chronologically. If you have access to letters, um, and information that they're writing about. You can certainly share that. So there are many, many ways of telling stories. So Isabel Wilkerson may tell her story one way. All the wonderful playwrights that you're seeing this week could tell their stories one way. You can think about those, 
All of those can be models for you, but you can develop your own way of documenting and telling your story as well. Is that yet sto your story can look like, can, can be many different things, right? So I don't want people to feel locked out or trapped because your story doesn't look like Tony's story or your story doesn't look like Urban Dyer's story or your story doesn't look like August Wilson's story. What you need to bring is your imagination to the table. You understand your relatives. You understand your own writing skills. Um, and so you want to bring all of that to the table as you begin to document and share your family's history. If you are someone who's really good with photography, you know, maybe you tell your story through photography. You know, we have cell phones now. So if you're sitting with your grandmother, you're sitting with your uncle, and they have old photographs that they're, that they're sharing, take images of what they're sharing, right? And then you can design those, make little captions um, to take notes of the year it happened, when things happened, your aunts or uncles or your mom's or your dad's reflection on what was happening in the photos. All of those become ways to document your family's history and to begin to tell your story. Um, I, again, I wanna go back to this sort of notion of the first, so often for us, we don't think of people in our families as being heroes because the larger culture doesn't tell us they are heroes. But how did your aunt get through medical school? How did your uncle get through nursing school? You know, So you have to ask the questions and really be engaged in finding the stories and then um, asking yourself, how can you go about telling those stories? When I was a reporter for many, many years at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I found so many unsung heroes in our communities that when I sat with them, they had wonderful stories to share. I had stories of the first black principal in Pittsburgh who for years, nobody even knew who she was. And so we sort of discovered her. She was happy to share her story. So you have to dig deep and know that there are heroes and sheroes in your family. People had to survive tremendous odds. Um, you know, Isabel Wilkinson talks a lot about the great migration and what that experience was like. And that experience happened to millions of people. Um, but what I found with my own parents' story um, is that they were both from rural Virginia. So there was no great migration for them. But what happened for them is that they were part of the urbanization process. They were both raised on farms. And as young adults, they decided to move into the city. In my father's case, the move was about 30 minutes away. In my mother's case, the move was about 20 minutes away. So while it wasn't a distance of hundreds of miles, they did become a part of this process of this urbanization of America. And when I speak with them about why they did that, they also talk about wanting to provide better education for their children. For my father, it was a chance to have better job opportunities. And so they made the move as well. And so you have to look at your family's experiences, look at your relatives' experiences and see what is unique, what is the same, and what's different, and then begin to share what you can about their stories. No questions for me at this time? Okay. So okay, we don't have any questions in the chat, but if right now, but I'm sure people are gathering them. If you want me to go ahead and share the video, I can do that at this time. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Thank you, Tony. Let's do that. And All right. And again, this video is about 15 minutes. And if you have access to paper and pencil, I think Monica, Ms. Haynes, who was a reporter and researcher, actually has some notes that she shares. So you might want to have a pencil and paper ready to write down some of what she's offering us. 
So as Tony prepares that, one of the things that um, happens with storytellers today, in addition to many, many diverse forms of storytelling, whether you're telling your story through sort of poetry or children's books or presenting your family's history as a play, um, technology gives us many, many choices to tell our stories. You just have to master it. <laughs> um, so I, I think the cell phone, again, is a wonderful um, invention. If you're sitting with family, it's a way to um, uh, easily record them with audio and visual um, that you can store, right, to share with um, later generations. Um, so you can capture your mother or father on screen sharing their history. Um, and if you have images, you can create slideshows um, to underpin that. So technology is a wonderful, wonderful tool to give us choices, many, many different choices today in how we tell um, and document family, family stories. So one of the things we're also doing with the Office Wilson House is we're working in community to identify families and helping them to document their stories and make those stories a part of our archives. So that when people come into the Hill District of Pittsburgh, the community where August Wilson was raised, they will have access to not only August Wilson's story, but the story of families who lived around him to get a better sense of the whole, whole community, right? The community um, that raised August Wilson. So we know that that community was full of um, ideas about liberation, ideas about how to fight oppression. It was a community full of African-American churches and spirit life. Um, and when families share their stories, we get to understand um, the contributions that these families made to, to the community, um, not just Mr. Wilson, but the community at large that he grew up in because it, 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 he did find himself in, in community. He lived with his, um, his mother, there were uncles around him, but there were also ministers, pastors, teachers, there were working people. And as August Wilson saw their lives unfolding, he, you know, he wanted to document and tell their stories. And so the August Wilson House, through the development of these archives, wants the community, researchers, family members, to have access to not just the story of August Wilson, but the story of the community itself. I think we're getting close, and so um, we're hoping that technology will. Okay, and so I'm um, here to talk about genealogy. The first video um, was a slide presentation of some of the relatives that I found through my genealogy research. It was just a sort of, sort of a photo, a photo slideshow of relatives that I found through my research. And as the background music, I had used the, uh, the music from Roots, the um, miniseries uh, from 1977 that started a lot of African-American people on their own journey to find the people in their family, to find their uh, family history. I will give you just technical uh, definition of genealogy. It's an account of uh, the descent of a person, a family or group from one ancestor. And basically it's just this study of, of your family history and where you come from. And uh, most genealogists, or at least uh, the people that I, I know and, and amateur genealogists like myself, um, you try to go back as far as you can. You know, you try to have that uh, Alex Haley moment if you can 
it's very difficult for African Americans, but um, you know that that is my goal is to try to go back and see if I can get back to to Africa. And so when we're talking about genealogy, and we hear all these great stories, but also um, one of the questions that I have for the the audience, the participants who haven't started this, or maybe some of the people that have, is are you ready? And the reason that I say, uh, I ask this question is because sometimes when you start to dig deep into your family history, into your roots and into those stories, sometimes things can fall out that will be disturbing or uh, some things that you don't expect. And so you have to be prepared for that as well. A story that I did in 2005 uh, when I was with the Post-Gazette. And I had done a lot of research into uh, my biological mother and my biological father. I wasn't raised by my biological parents. And so it took a lot of research and a lot of digging to find their family history. Um, I didn't have grandparents or anybody to sit down and talk to and get the history from. So it was really um, a lot of research and a lot of digging to find the stuff that I found, but I was very determined and fortunately for me, I knew the names of both my parents. Uh, I knew that my father was from uh, Richmond, Virginia, and uh, his name was uh, Russell Toombs, and I knew my mother's name, and I knew that her family uh, roots were in, uh, in Maryland, in a place called Denton, Maryland. And so like a lot of uh, people that were into family history and, and digging, as soon as the uh, DNA became available, the DNA test, I did take the DNA test with Ancestry. I didn't really pay that much attention to the results of uh, the DNA, uh, aside from you know my ethnicity, of course. And I can tell you that I'm 41% Nigerian and even a little bit Norwegian. I don't don't ask me where that came from, but it's it's in the DNA. And so when I did my uh, a master's project, I focused on my father's family from Virginia, and I did this interactive uh, project. And so what you see on the screen is some of the photos of people from my father's family, grandparents, uh, great uncles, cousins, and things like that. I went to a webinar on um, genealogy and uh, went back home excited and dove into my DNA uh, results and the more that I looked at my results on my father's side, I discovered that I did not match up with any of my father's family. Now he had passed away, my mother had passed away, and that concludes this week's episode of Black Family Table Talk. But don't worry, Monica Haynes will be back next week to finish her story about what she found while discovering her family history. And then Dr. Dyer will conclude with how you too can get started with researching your genealogy. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Black Family Table Talk. We pray that you heard some principles to put into your strong Black family toolbox. Be sure to tune in next week and remember, sharing is caring. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and visit our website at blackfamilytabletalk.com. Look for special discounts and ways to be part of the Black Family Table Talk community. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowances made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, 
comments, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. The news and opinions expressed on Black Family Table Talk do not necessarily reflect various platform posts. All topics are for entertainment purposes only. Discretion is strongly advised and all commentary is alleged. This is a Micah 68 Media LLC production.